0: Chapter fifty eight of Little Masterpieces of American Wit and Humor, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adele de Pignoroles. Little Masterpieces of American Wit and Humor, Volume One. Edited by Thomas Lansing Masson. The Notorious Jumping Frog of Calaveras County, by Mark Twain in compliance with the request of a friend of mine who wrote me from the east i called on good-natured garrulous old simon wheeler and inquired after my friend's friend Leonidas w smiley as requested to do and i hereunto append the result i have a lurking suspicion that Leonidas w smiley is a myth that my friend never knew such a personage and that he only conjectured that if i asked old wheeler about him It would remind him of his infamous jim smiley and he would go to work and bore me to death with some exasperating reminiscence of him as long and tedious as it should be useless to me if that was the design it succeeded i found simon wheeler dozing comfortably by the barroom stove of the dilapidated tavern in the decaying mining camp of angels and i noticed that he was fat and bald-headed and had an expression of winning gentleness and simplicity upon his tranquil countenance. He roused up and gave me good day. I told him a friend of mine had commissioned me to make some inquiries about a cherished companion of his boyhood named Leonidas W. Smiley, Reverend Leonidas W. Smiley, a young minister of the gospel, who he had heard was at one time a resident of Angel's Camp. I added that if Mr. Wheeler could tell me anything about this Reverend Leonidas W. Smiley, I would feel under many obligations to him. Simon Wheeler backed me into a corner, and blockaded me there with his chair, and then sat down and reeled off the most monotonous narrative which follows this paragraph. He never smiled, he never frowned, he never changed his voice from the gently flowing key to which he tuned his initial sentence, he never betrayed the slightest suspicion of enthusiasm, but all through the interminable narrative there ran a vein of impressive earnestness and sincerity which showed me plainly that, So far from his imagining that there was anything ridiculous or funny about his story, he regarded it as a really important matter, and admired its two heroes as men of transcendent genius and finesse. I let him go on his way, and never interrupted him once. Rev. Leonidas W. Hmm, Rev. Le... Well, there was a fellow here once by the name of Jim Smiley. In the winter of 49, or maybe it was the spring of 50, I don't recollect exactly, somehow, Though it makes me think it was one of the others, because I remember the big flume weren't finished when he first come to the camp. But anyway, he was the curious man about always betting on anything that turned up you ever see. If he could get anybody to bet on the other side, and if he couldn't, he'd change sides. Any way that suited the other man would suit him. Anyway, just so as he got a bet, he was satisfied. But still he was lucky. Uncommon lucky. He most always come out winner. He was always ready and laying for a chance. There couldn't be no solitary thing mentioned but that feller'd offer to bet on it. And take every side you please, as I was just telling you. If there was a horse race, you'd find him flush, or you'd find him busted at the end of it. If there was a dog fight, he'd bet on it. If there was a cat fight, he'd bet on it. If there was a chicken fight, he'd bet on it. Why, if there was two birds sitting on a fence, he would bet you which one would fly first. Or if there was a camp meeting, he would be there regular to bet on Parson Walker, which he judged to be the best exhorter about here and so he was too and a good man if he even see a straddle-bug start to go anywhere he would bet how long it would take him to get to to wherever he was going to and if you took him up he would follow that straddle-bug to mexico but he would find out where he was bound for and how long he was on the road lots of the boys here has seen that smiling and can tell you about him why it never made no difference to him he'd bet on anything parson walker's wife laid very sick once for a good while and it seemed as if they weren't going to save her. But one morning he come in, and Smiley up and asked him how she was, and he said she was considerable better, thanked the Lord for his infinite mercy, and coming on so smart that with the blessing of providence she'd get well yet. And Smiley, before he thought, says, Well, I'll risk two and a half she don't anyway. This year Smiley had a mare. The boys called her the fifteen-minute nag, but that was only in fun, you know, because of course she was faster than that and he used to win money on that horse, for all she was slow and always had the asthma, or the distemper, or the consumption, or something of that kind. They used to give her two or three hundred yards start, and then pass her under way, but always at the fag end of the race she'd get excited and desperate-like, and come cavorting and straddling up, and scattering her legs around limber, sometimes in the air, and sometimes out to one side among the fences, and kicking up more dust, and raising more racket with her coughing and sneezing and blowing her nose and always fetch up at the stand just about a neck ahead, as near as you could cipher it down. And he had a little small bull-pup, that to look at him you would think he weren't a sim, but to head around and look ornery and lay for a chance to steal something. But as soon as money was up on him he was a different dog. His under-jaw began to stick out like the forecastle of a steamboat, and his teeth would uncover and shine like the furnace's. And a dog might tackle him and bully rag him and bite him, and throw him over his shoulder two or three times. And Andrew Jackson, which was the name of the pup, Andrew Jackson would never let on, but he was satisfied and hadn't expected nothing else. And the bets being doubled and doubled on the other side all the time till the money was all up, and then all of a sudden he would grab that other dog just by the joint of his hind leg and freeze to it, not chaw you understand, but only just grip and hang on till they throwed up a sponge if it was a year. Smiley always come out winner on that pup, till he harnessed a dog once that didn't have no hind legs, because they'd been sawed off in a circular saw, and when the thing had gone along far enough, and money was all up, and he come to make a snatch for his pet Holt, he see in a minute how he'd been imposed on, and how the other dog had him in the door, so to speak, and he appeared surprised, and then he looked sort of discouraged-like, and didn't try no more to win the fight, and so he got shucked out bad. He gives Smiley a look, as much as to say his heart was broke. And it was his fault, for putting up a dog that had not no hind legs for him to take a hold of, which was his main dependence in a fight. And then he limped off a piece and lay down and died. It was a good fop, but was that Andrew Jackson, and would have made a name for himself if he'd lived, for the stuff was in him and he had genius. I know it, because he hadn't no opportunity to speak of. and it don't stand to reason that a dog can make such a fight as he could under the circumstances, if he hadn't no talent. It always makes me feel sorry when I think of that last fight of his and the way it turned out. Well, this year Smiley had rat terriers, and chicken cocks, and tomcats, and all of them kind of things till you couldn't rest. And you couldn't fetch nothing for him to bet on, but he'd match you. He catched a frog one day and took him home and said he'd calculated to educate him. And so he never did nothing for three months but sat in his backyard and learned that frog to jump. And you bet he did learn him too. He'd give him a little punch behind, and the next minute you'd see that frog whirling in the air like a doughnut, see him turn one somerset, or maybe a couple, if he got a good start, and come down flat-footed and all right like a cat. He got him up so in the matter of catching flies, and kept him in practice so constant that he'd nail a fly every time as far as he could see him. Smiley said all a frog wanted was education, and that he could do most anything, and I believe him why i've seen him set daniel webster down here on this floor daniel webster was the name of the frog and sing out flies daniel flies and quicker than you could wink he'd spring up and snake a fly off on the counter there and flop down on the floor again as solid as a gob of mud and fall to scratch inside of his head with his hind foot as indifferent as if he hadn't had no idea he'd been doing any more than any frog might do you never see a frog so modest and straightforward as he was for all he was so gifted and when it come to fair and square jumpin' on a dead level, he could get over more ground at one straddle than any animal of his breed you ever see. Jumping on a dead level was a strong suit, you understand. And when it come to that, Smiley would ain't up money on him as long as he had a red. Smiley was monstrous proud of his frog, and well might he be. For fellers that had traveled and been everywhere said he laid over any frog that ever they see. Well, Smiley kept the beast in a little latticed box and he used to fetch him downtown sometimes and lay for a bet one day a feller a stranger in the camp he was come across him with his box and says what might it be that you've got in the box and smiley says sort of in different light it might be a parrot or it might be a canary maybe but it ain't it's only just a frog and the feller took it and looked at it careful and turned it around this way and that and says Hm, so tis well what's he good for Well smiley says easy and careless he's good enough for one thing i judge. he can outjump any frog in calaveras county the feller took the box again and took a long particular look and gave it back to smiley and says very deliberate well he says i don't see no points about that frog that's any better than any other frog maybe you don't smiley says maybe you understand frogs and maybe you don't understand them maybe you've had experience and maybe you ain't only amateur as it were. Anyways, I've got my opinion, and I'll risk $40 that he can outjump any frog in Calaveras County. And the feller studied a minute, and then says, kinder sad, like, Well, I'm only a stranger here, and I ain't got no frog, but if I had a frog, I'd bet you. And then Smiley says, That's all right, that's all right. If you'll hold my box a minute, I'll go and get you a frog. And so the feller took the box, and put up his $40 along with Smiley's, and sat down to wait so he sat there a good while thinking and thinking to himself and then he got the frog out and prized his mouth open and took a teaspoon and filled him full of quail shot filled him pretty near up to his chin and set him on the floor Smiley he went to the swamp then slopped around in the mud for a long time and finally he catched a frog and fetched him in and gave him to this feller and says now if you're ready set him alongside a daniel with his forepaws paws just even with the and i'll give the word then he says one two three git!" and him and the feller touched up the frogs from behind and the new frog hopped off lively but daniel would give a heave and histed up the shoulders so like a frenchman but it warn't no use he couldn't budge he was planted as solid as a church and he couldn't no more stir than if he was anchored out smiley was a good deal surprised and he was disgusted too but he didn't have no idea what the matter was of course the feller took the money and started away and when he was going out at the door he sort of jerked his thumb over his shoulder so, at Daniel, and says again, very deliberate, well, he says, I don't see no points about that frog, that's any better than any other frog. Smiley, he stood scratching his head and looking down at Daniel for a long time, and at last he says, I do wonder what in the nation that frog throw it off for, I wonder if there ain't something the matter with him, he appears to look mighty baggy somehow, and he catched Daniel up by the nap of the neck, and hefted him, and says, why well, blame my cats if you don't weigh five pounds? and turned him upside down, and he belched out a double handful of shot. And then he see how it was, and he was the maddest man. He set the frog down, and took out after that feller, but he never catched him. And here Simon Wheeler heard his name called from the front yard, and got up to see what was wanted. And turning to me as he moved away, he said, Just set where you are, stranger, and rest easy. I ain't going to be gone a second. But by your leave, I did not think that a continuation of the history of the enterprising vagabond, Jim Smiley would be likely to afford me much information concerning the Reverend Leonidas W. Smiley, and so I started away. At the door, I met the sociable Wheeler returning, and he buttonholed me and recommenced. Well, this year Smiley had a yaller one-eyed cow that didn't have no tail, only just a short slump like a banneranner, and however. Lacking both time and inclination, I did not wait to hear about the afflicted cow, but took my leave. End of The Notorious Jumping Frog of Calaveras County Recording by Adele de Pignoles. End of Little Masterpieces of American Wit and Humor, Volume 1 Edited by Thomas Lansing Masson